This holiday season, give the gift of decadent, high-flavanol dark chocolate to your loved ones. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular deaths. The FDA recently issued a qualified health claim saying that high-flavanol cocoa may help prevent cardiovascular disease. It may even be a helpful tool in managing cognitive decline and improving mood. Flavonatural's Dark chocolate bars and cocoa powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate with great flavor and minimal sugar. So this holiday season, do what I'll be doing and gift your loved ones with decadent dark chocolate that has the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. Just go to flavanaturals.com and use coupon code HOFFMAN20 for 20% off site-wide. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $30. That's flavanaturals.com, coupon code HOFFMAN20 for 20% off now through December 10th. Get it in time for Christmas at flavanaturals.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're going to be talking about nasal hygiene with a view towards clear nasal spray. Our guest is Nate Jones. Nate is someone familiar to you because he checks in frequently with updates on issues related to respiratory health. He's CEO of Clear, that's spelled X-L-E-A-R. They're the global leader in creating natural, convenient, xylitol-based sinus, as well as oral care products, which are branded Spry, Spry Dental Defense Products that support a healthy lifestyle. Nate is the son of Dr. Lon Jones, who is the originator of Xylitol Nasal Spray. He's also been a guest here on Intelligent Medicine to talk about how he views this as an essential part of daily prevention, as well as a great way to deal with common respiratory problems. Uh, there's also a dental dimension to this. Nate is coming to us from Adelaide, Australia. I'm here in New York City. It's Thursday afternoon here, and he's just getting up. He just uh, came back from a workout. It's Friday over there, Friday morning. Welcome, Nate. Well, thank you. And yes, it is. I am speaking to you from the future. Yes, exactly. You're cro- across the international dateline. Uh, so, well, uh, and so what brings you to such uh, uh, distant? Uh, venues because you, you're based in uh, Utah. That's where uh, Clear is based. Uh, what took you to all the way over to Australia? Uh, I'm, I'm over here for two reasons. One is I'm over here at a convention of doctors that are talking about sleep medicine and people that are dealing in the sleep medicine field, you know, sleep apnea and things like that, people that snore. A lot of those uh, doctors, those physicians and uh, dentists that are in that field, actually, they use our nasal spray because it's a non-pharmaceutical way to open up the airway and help people breathe better so that they can sleep. I mean, there are studies showing that it opens the airway 20% um, in three minutes and 36% if you use it once in the morning and once at night over three weeks. So, and, so, and a lot of the issues with sleep apnea arise because your airway is closing down. Indeed. So, how, so, how big a, a, a inroads have you made in Australia and New Zealand? You're marketing the products there, and is there uptake by uh, health practitioners and patients? 
In Australia, we actually have a good presence. Not in Australia, sorry. In New Zealand, we actually have a, a fairly good presence. In Australia, we our, our presence fluctuates. I mean, we've had some really good inroads. We've actually put it into some of the pharmacies. And, and then, uh, you know, we, we didn't, we, the people who were importing it didn't, didn't, uh, get out and talk to enough doctors. And so they dropped it from the pharmacies. We sell a fair amount here, but we wanted to get it back into the pharmacies. And even this, this convention that I was at, there was probably a good, uh, there were probably 2,000 doctors there. And I would say probably a third of them knew who we were. And not that many of them were actually recommending our product. And their biggest complaint is, where do I tell my patients to get it? Because the only place I can get it is on Amazon or online. And it takes them, you know, two, three weeks to get it because they don't stock it in Australia. So we're working on those logistical issues. And, and, uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, I don't know if you are a fan of Elon Musk, but he actually was in there being interviewed by Joe Rogan a couple weeks ago and he goes, you know, coming up with the idea of how to do something, and he mm-hmm. was referring to making cars. Yep. But he goes, the the process of actually getting it and getting it to market is infinitely more more difficult than actually just designing the product to start with. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and I think and I think that that applies to every kind of kind of every product. Yeah, especially but, um, uh, you know when it comes to innovation. You know, I think that uh, not every great idea uh, receives uh, the credit that it is due. Uh, so, uh, of interest is that, you know, one of the issues we wanted to discuss is that there's now a gap in the, uh, cold and flu and allergy realm because I think this is actually something that you forecasted, uh, in a previous podcast, but now it's official. Uh, a key ingredient in many over the counter cold and allergy medications, which is called phenylephrine doesn't really work, it turns out, but it was ubiquitous in over-the-counter remedies, over-the-counter remedies like Sudafed, Vicks-Nyquil Sinex, nighttime sinus relief, Benadryl, allergy plus congestion. It's the most popular oral decongestion in the U.S. And I believe it, it it's also an ingredient in, in some of the nasal sprays. So what's the deal? It, it, I mean, the the experts uh, after many decades. I mean, this has been on the market for virtually forever. Uh, doesn't work. Well, I don't know. I don't, I'm not aware of any nasal sprays that it's in. Okay, so it's just the or, the oral. As far products. as I know, I think it's just oral product. Okay. And the thing is, is that I can predict it was it didn't work, and at some point something was going to happen, but not because of me, but because I actually listened to what practicing physicians have actually said, and I think that that practicing physicians are infinitely, uh, you know, I don't want to use the word infinitely too much. I've already used it twice. <laughs> but I think that practicing physicians are, are much, much more in tune to what works and what doesn't than the uh, white lab coats in the ivory towers of D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, even during COVID, you saw all kinds of doctors coming up with great ideas that, you know, that worked. I mean, at least they worked for them. Um, and the government kept coming up and shutting them down. But but I've known pulmonologists like Dr. Ferrer, uh, Gus Ferrer. He actually wrote a book over a decade ago where he said that it just doesn't work. And he was giving some other solutions to what did work. And one of the things that he actually mentioned in his book is in the name of his book. I'll put a plug in for it is Cough Cures. But uh, Cough one cures. of the things that he mentioned right. in there okay. mm-hmm. yeah, um, was uh, was our nasal spray. And that's how I actually ended up meeting up with him and. And, you know, we've become friends since then because 
you know, I sat down and I explained why it works and how it worked. And he wrote about how he didn't, he wrote about that it worked in his book, but even then he didn't understand the mechanism. And when I, when I explained the mechanism to him, he was like, Oh, that just makes sense. Why aren't we all doing this? This is something that should be done. Well, you know, just my, initially when I found out about xylitol, you know, I, I read about its properties and I learned that it, it inhibits uh, bacteria. And I thought, you know, that's a good thing because uh, in the nasal passages, bacteria and viral particles accumulate. Uh, and anything that can uh, reduce the colonization of harmful bacteria in the nasal passages, which it also does in the mouth. It gets rid of harmful bacteria in the mouth. Uh, I thought that that was... That was, you know, they had me at, you know, on that concept. But uh, what you're about to explain to us is that there are other mechanisms by which xylitol uh, can relieve uh, allergy problems, which aren't necessarily bacterial in nature. There, there's actually a lot of uh, different mechanisms. So when we first started selling the product, the only mechanism that we knew of was how it blocked bacteria. That was the only right. thing we understood. And that's well, that's and well my acknowledged dad, in the science. Yeah. Yes, that's that's well acknowledged over, I want to say, 25, over a quarter of a century ago. And so we started selling the product as a way to wash the nose by blocking bacterial adhesion. And the first time we wanted to go out and make a line extension product, we went out and did a survey of our customers and said, hey, what are you using this for? And But the vast majority of people were using it for allergies. And we were kind of a little surprised. We're like, oh, well, let's figure what's going on here. And what we figured out, and, and you know, we should have thought about this earlier, is when you use a saltwater nasal spray and you spray it up your nose, after about half an hour, the salt is absorbed into the tissue. It's actively transported into the tissue. And then the water follows it, which means it's going to dry your nose out and cause a little bit of inflammation. Mm-hmm. The xylitol that we use is not absorbed in the tissue. And so it sits in your mucus and it's not, and it slowly pulls moisture out of the tissue, which is going to keep your nose hydrated, which is mm-hmm. the goal. And it thins out the mucus so that the cilia move it out faster. Right. And so what you're doing is you're facilitating your immune system. You're facilitating the way that your body cleans the air that you're breathing. And that right there traps pollen, dander, dust, all of these allergens and washes them away before your body has a chance to react to them. And that's what I noticed, you know, when I use the, the uh, nasal spray, the clear nasal spray, uh, you know, it, I, I have to blow my nose a little bit afterwards, you know, because it, it actually promotes uh, mucus secretion. So that's a little counterintuitive. It's like, okay, initially you might have a little more of a reaction. I mean, it's not un- unpleasant. You know, I just uh, blow my nose a couple of times and it's over. Uh, but uh, uh, this is part of enhancing the clearance of harmful uh, uh, products and, and actually, you know, one of the features of our modern environment is, and certainly we see this in the model of smoking, is that smoking kills your respiratory clearance. It damages the cilia in the in the lungs, but also in their cilia and the nasal passage. And these little hair-like things beat and kind of mu- move the bed of mucus upwards to keep bacteria and harmful substances from accumulating lo- in your lower respiratory tract. And I guess that. What you want is you want to support that that process by which is continual, where you're clearing, clearing, clearing these harmful uh, agents, whether it's bacteria or pollens or other environmental toxins. That's and that's exactly what Clear does. And to to go back to, and I think I've mentioned this on here before, but most of the nasal sprays that people use, the fluticasone, um, 
you know, the, the oxymetazolines and yep. some steroids and some of these other things. What all of those are designed to do is, is actually shut down your immune response. Mm-hmm. So if you're breathing something in that you perceive as a threat, your mm-hmm. body doesn't want that getting to your lungs. So what is it going to do? It creates snot. That's your first line of defense. Mm-hmm. And what we're taught to do is, well, if you have a snotty nose, go take a drug that gets rid of it. In fact, you take a decongestant, which implies that it's going to dry you out. And indeed, it may cause dry mouth simultaneously, dry eyes commonly, because it's hard to localize those effects. You want to maybe dry out your nose because you're constantly blowing your nose or sneezing. Uh, But by drying out your nasal passages, that's, you know, not really getting uh, at the root of the problem. It's a horrible thing to do. Yeah. So, but yeah, it just, all it does is it allows all of the, the pollutants, all of the bacteria, viruses, all of the pathogens, it allows all those to go right to your lungs. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so what they're doing, it, it seems to me is they're saying that some of these, uh, over the counter products don't work, but they're going to allow, I think they're allowing pseudoephedrine products to stay. So this is actually phenylephrine. So pseudoephedrine, uh, is still allowed. So you can get pseudoephed, which is pseudoephedrine, not the pseudoephed PE, which is the phenylephrine product. But here's the problem. You got it. You got to ask, you have to show your, your driver's license. You have to, you know, go through a database because, you know, there's scenes from Breaking Bad where, uh, you know, they go around from pharmacy to pharmacy. You know, they're, 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 they're cooking, uh, methamphetamine. They gather up <laughs> all the Sudafed in town, uh, and they throw it into a blender. And that's how they, they make methamphetamine. Are you, are you being, giving us classes on how to make meth right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I, no, it's, I was, it's, I was a chemistry, exactly I was a chemistry major in another life. So no, actually I, I did I don't know how to do that, but I, I watch the show, you know, it's kind of a detailed primer on, you know, how to make uh, methamphetamine. Um, no, but, but all kidding aside, uh, what that suggests is that, you know, we've got a drug that has, you know, meth- methamphetamine-like properties. It can raise blood pressure. Uh, it can uh, make your heart rate more rapid. It can create anxiety. But yes, it does dry out your nasal passages. So, you know, going through uh, some of the the things that people have available, uh, it really makes sense to look at a, at a more uh, more gentle, natural solution for these types of problems. Well, I, I think that, that what this does is this this gives us a chance to, to actually stop and say, you know, if we've been using these for 30 years, 20 years, 30, 40 years, um, and, they, and we know they don't work, what is the issue? Because we've been selling a lot of this. People have been using a lot of them. What is it that's happening in our society? What can we change so that we don't need to use these drugs? And, and I can point out what I think is part of the issue. And, and I think part of the issue is our public health because our public health is not out there teaching people proper hygiene. They're not talking to people about exercise. I think that being overweight and not being healthy is a huge part of the allergy issues and, and stuff like that. I think that not eating right and, and, uh, you know, not, doing proper oral and nasal hygiene. I mean, I think, I think that managing your gateway microbiomes of, you know, your nose and your mouth, I think that's a huge issue that we have, we have not even begun to address. And the people and the companies that are trying to do it are actually being hamstrung by our government. 
because the government is not allowing people that are had that have hygiene products to actually talk about what they do. Well, let's, which is let's, absurd. Let's get into it a little bit because uh, you've had some uh, tangles with the uh, FDA and or the FTC. I, I don't remember which, uh, because uh, you claim that uh, there are health benefits to your products. And once you make those claims, uh, you know, the government wants to say that, you know, you've got to you've got to go through the arduous FDA approval process, which can sometimes cost hundreds of millions of dollars to demonstrate that your antibiotic or your nasal spray or your steroid uh, is safe and effective. Uh, so this is kind of a paradox because you're a victim of your own success. You actually, in effect, have made an impact on medical conditions. But once you are successful, uh, it's like a disease claim and they don't like that. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's very interesting because I agree with what you just said. The government is so convoluted in what they're doing that we can't understand what the government's goal is. The only goal that we can see that makes sense is if the government, the FTC is just trying to shut down the natural products industry. And let me explain why I'm saying that. Mm -hmm. Because we've been selling our nasal spray, our, you know, a nasal hygiene product, oral hygiene, nasal hygiene products for almost a quarter of a century now. Okay. We have, we've never had an issue with the FDA. The FDA has never, ever come out and said anything against us. Okay, we, we just have never had that. And but we knew we had lawyers, you know, 20 in 2000 when we started, we actually had lawyers that come in and said, okay, because of the way this is, you can't say that washing your nose will prevent any illnesses. Okay. We in, know in fact, from excuse, studies. Excuse me. You, you, there's always this disclaimer. It's kind of a boilerplate disclaimer when there's a commercial for whatever natural product. And they'll say, and it's sometimes printed on the label says that this product is not di di uh, not uh, intended to diagnose. I mean, to I'm sorry, to prevent or treat a disease. Yeah, so, correct. And those, but those are on all of the supplements. Right. Anything that falls under the dishay, dietary right. supplement and health education. Right? None of our products actually fall in that category. Okay. That's what we originally thought we would do, and the FDA came to us and said, "No, you. This is a hygiene product. It cleans the nose." Cleaning is not a, a structure function. It's cleaning. And so we could say xylitol blocks bacterial adhesion of strep pneumoid MCAT. That's all we could say because in 2000, that's what we knew. Okay. And then later we learned, we learned uh, about staff. Um, mm -hmm. And it was actually a university here in Australia where I'm at right now that actually did the study showing how xylitol uh, ma it made it so that your antibiotics even work with MRSA. But, wow. um, which, by the yeah, way, it's, it's, which, which is interesting because it's thought that nasal carriage, in other words, the presence of MRSA, uh, which is methicillin-resistant Staph aureus, doesn't respond to virtually any antibiotics, very bad condition, uh, is impossible to eradicate. And it people have a lot of people have nasal carriage of this. It persists in their nasal passages. So something that could have an impact on that would seem to be a boon to medicine and mankind, right? Correct. I mean, if you know where the known reservoir is, you need to stop it there. Yeah, that's but, where it know, hangs we out. We'll that later. That, that's where yeah. it yeah, but, resides. So, so that's what we were saying. And the FDA has never given us a warning letter. We've never had complaints to the FDA. And 
we have been making the claim that xylitol blocks bacterial adhesion for 20 years, 23, 24, 25 years, and we've never had an issue. And it wasn't until uh, COVID came along and we had there were studies done showing how xylitol blocked adhesion of SARS-CoV-2. And following basic logic, you could actually say, if you're going to block adhesion, you're going to help people. If you're going to reduce the viral load in the nose because you were blocking adhesion, you're going to help people. And we tried sharing that information with our, our government. But, you know, in 2000, in 2020 mm-hmm. um, and 2021, yeah. our public health agencies were just, you know, it was a discombobulated cluster. It, it sounds like um, there, was, there was actually a moral panic about talking about anything other than vaccines or Paxlovid or remdesivir. Uh, literally, you know, you, you talked about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. Uh, they, literally, the, the social media uh, outlets would shut you down, would uh, shadow ban you or outright ban you for uh, heretical, uh, you know, misinformation, disinformation, call it what you will. They, they, and, but why was COVID a unique case? Because you demonstrated with bacteria, uh, you demonstrated, you know, I'm not even sure what the research uh, says about fungal species, but pathogens are pathogens. Why is COVID, you know, head and shoulders above all the other pathogens in terms of its, uh, your, your inability to make claims about it? Don't ask me. And that, that is the gist of, of, you know, what our government is, is litigating is they're saying if it's a bacteria and you have studies showing it blocks adhesion, you can make that claim. But if it's a virus and you have studies showing that it blocks adhesion, you can make that claim. Okay. That's an illogical position. Where, where are you at in this process? I mean, first of all, I recognize if you take on your small company, you know, and uh, I think you're doing this as a matter of principle because it's certainly not pragmatic because from a business standpoint, you know, basically, uh, you know, you ought to just pull up your tent and say, okay, we won't make that claim. Uh, I think you're doing this as a principle stand on behalf of uh, the natural products uh, industry and movement, you know, which is uh, commendable. Well, I'm, I'm doing it in a large part for that, but I'm also doing it just simply for the American people and not just for the American people, but for the people of the world. It's absolutely absurd that a government, uh, and I, I'll even call him a rogue, a rogue government agency, uh, you know, a rogue agent inside of a government agency. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think, I mean, I would like to think that not everybody in our government is evil. Mm-hmm. But you have people in some of these agencies that, that I think that we've learned in the last couple of years are deliberately doing things that cause harm to people. Well, I think that there's, I, in my opinion, the, the motivation is they're basically notching their gun uh, because they're, you know, they have to uh, bust a certain number of uh, enterprises uh, as a productivity thing because that's what FTC does. And, you know, once they've got their teeth in you, they're not going to let go because they don't want to lose a case because it kind of looks bad on their record. Uh, when they leave the FTC, when they leave government to apply for a job in private industry, you know, maybe you're working for a drug company uh, or something like that, because that's that's the usual course of these young uh, career bureaucrats. You know, it's a revolving door uh, between yeah. uh, the government agencies and then, you know, they can make you know 10 times as much working for private industry. Once you've established a career, uh, you know, the regulatory landscape, you know how to schmooze the FTC because you used to work there. That's generally what happens. 
No, that that is exactly what happens. And and not to diverge from the main topic there, but yep. even when we started this going down the road of fighting against our government, um, you know, you hire FDA and FTC regulatory lawyers, yep. and they're charging twelve, thirteen hundred dollars an hour, <laughs> and. You know, I, I honestly, I think it's a racket. I hope that people in the in the natural products industry um, can learn from my mistakes. But I think that uh, you know, when we went in good faith trying to negotiate with the FTC, we go in there and we're sitting here. Okay, give us some guidance on what we can say because you are telling us we can say it here and not yep. saying it here. Yep. So give us some clarification on this. Because we're a cosmetic, we're, we're making a claim, we have it backed up by science. Your rules say if we have studies, we can make a claim. And what they came back and said is, well, you don't have a double-blind RCT study mm-hmm. showing that xylitol blocks adhesion of SARS-CoV-2. And I said, really? That isn't the kind of study you do in an RCT. Okay? You do a lab study to see if it blocks adhesion. You do an RCT to see if it blocks disease. Right. And their answer was just, just ridiculous. It's like... We're not here to advise you on how to do the study. You just need to do it. Well, just and I'm like, okay, but find someone that can sh- design it. But let, let's let's back up for a minute. I don't think you're making the claim, uh, uh, Nate, that xylitol uh, nasal spray cures uh, COVID. Right? I don't think you're saying that if if you have COVID, uh, if you take xylitol nasal spray, that uh, it's demonstrably going to cure it. Yeah, we, which I think, you know, they could take a position like, okay, well, you need to do some really big, you know, uh, double-blind placebo-controlled trials to, to confirm. You are just saying that based on extrapolation and some of the studies you've done, that it's it's a useful hygienic process and the, it may be applicable to all manner of pathogens. Nate, it's always a pleasure talking to you and, you know, I wish you all the best in your uh, challenge to... Uh, the overreach of the federal government, specifically the Federal Trade Commission, because uh, and and I think that this is really a trend. I think there's there's a lot of pushback. I'm reading about all kinds of pushback by a lot of industries who are saying, "Hey, wait a minute, uh, this is America. This is the land of free enterprise, and yes, the FTC should bust people who are you know making very harmful claims or bilking people with money. Uh, there is a role for the FTC, but not." Uh, to police truthful health claims, as you put out. So, yeah, we really support your efforts, and I want our audience to be aware of them. Uh, XOBAR.com for more information. Anything to add? Just, uh, you know, stay healthy and uh, get out and enjoy the world. Indeed. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the 
user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated, unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. If you're looking to maintain peak brain health, I'd like to introduce you to a cutting-edge new brain support formula from my friends at Thorne, Sinequel. If you're recovering from a head injury or play contact sports, you should pay special attention. Sinequel is formulated with the best research nutrients that support healthy brain structure and cognitive function. Sinequel's active ingredients help maintain cellular energy production, encourage a healthy balance of inflammatory cytokines, provide energy to fuel the nerves, support neurotransmitter production, and help protect against oxidative stress. It's available in two strengths, Sinequel for Everyday Maintenance and Sinequel Plus which provides higher amounts of certain nutrients for shorter-term post-impact support. For more information and to purchase Sinequel, just go to drhoffman.com thorn. There you'll also find some of my other favorite thorn products. That's drhoffman.com thorn for the essential nutritional brain support formula, Sinequel.